Welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, science fiction, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you're listening to the Monday Morning Minute. This week in fictional news, Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead is teaming up with Jim Henson to start a new TV fantasy series. Ooh. I'm in. I'm in too. Dude, I love The Walking Dead. That was probably on my top five favorite shows of all time. Really? I couldn't get past like the first two episodes. What? And I tried. I'm, I told you I'm terrible with television. I don't know. Yeah, but like terrible as in you watch, you know, three seasons and don't finish the fourth one. Not like two episodes. The show is great. You should really watch it. It's it's very good. I heard the graphic novels are really great. Maybe I'll do those. Something about the show. I just I tried. I, I've watched the first episode two times. <laughs> I don't know. Just like in a row or? No, it's like on separate. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Norman Reedus was involved with that new game, Death Stranding. Yeah. Uh-huh. I know he was involved in that. And I think he's done a couple other different projects, but I'm just excited to see what Jim Henson does because the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance did not get approved for a second season. So maybe this is like the closest thing we'll have to that. And speaking of the Dark Crystal. <gasps> You watched The Dark Crystal, didn't I you? I did. I'm a Dark Crystal aficionado now. That is the coolest news. It was great. Yeah? It was really good. I was shocked that I never, like halfway through, I was like, what the hell have I been doing? Why have I not seen this? Like, I should have seen it. This should have been like my fifth time that I had seen this. But somehow, it was my first. But I loved it from start to finish. It was, okay, I've never seen it. That was probably like the best, like the pinnacle, the apex CGI costume version, you know, like the, their costumes, their costuming was our version of CGI, I feel like today. And that was incredible. It's really amazing. It's the first live action movie that was ever done without a single human being in it. Really? I know that's a weird sentence. Yeah. Okay. I don't understand that. So like it's a live action movie. It's not animation. But there's humans like in the costumes. Right. But there's no humans on screen. Oh, got it. Okay, sure, so, yeah, sure. I mean, humans are a part. Of I was like, what was in there? Like, yeah. <laughs> It couldn't be done without humans. I was like, no, dude, I, the way they moved, that, that was definitely a human. <laughs> those were real Skeksis. <laughs> they found real Skeksis? No, it was way ahead of its time, you know? And when it came out, it was competing with E.T., the extraterrestrial. So obviously, it just didn't have a chance. Not at all. So it kind of bombed a little bit, but it's just gotten this cult following because it really is one of the most unique things ever put to film, in my opinion. Totally agree. And like, man, I was just blown away. Like, I've done a lot of theater in my life, and I've built very poor renditions of what they built masterfully. And I know the work and effort and like artistic talent that goes into making those things. And wow, just wow. Yeah, We have uh, Brian Froud to thank for that. I think he was the art director, art designer, something. Hmm. But Brian Froud worked, I think, on the new show, which we definitely need to watch together. Yeah, I really want to watch that. Because the new show, when it was announced, I mean, I obviously was way excited about it. And then I found out that they were using puppets again. And they could have used CGI, but I watched the behind the scenes thing on the show. And I think they did kind of like this weird combination of puppets and CGI. It looks very much more like fluid. Right. Like their mouths. It's really hard to make a puppet's mouth lips move. Right. So they kind of did like this, this a little bit of CGI for like the fine details. And it just, that show was way better than anybody needed it to be. I, w- I don't want to talk it out too much because we're going to watch it. And Have you seen any of it yet? Yeah. I watched the whole, fr- the whole season. Oh, wow. You watched the, the whole season. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a gigantic Dark Crystal fan. I watched it the day it came out. And... Oh, wow. Okay. And they, it didn't get approved for the second season? No. And it's so maybe, and I don't know if it's because 
the ratings weren't great for it and it was like you know the 80s all over again mm -hmm. and just nobody every you know a bunch of people saw it and they were like what the hell is this like why <laughs> or it might have been because maybe it's just a huge pain in the ass like i could see that too where it was just you know the studio came to netflix and netflix was just like oh you want to do this again so okay <laughs> they're all dancing around at the end and one of them's like <laughs> I just—I almost fell out of my chair laughing. So they're like, "Drink her essence." <laughs> I'll start chanting, "Drink her essence, yes." There's, a, there's so a lot of that. There's a lot of that. They're in the so show. excited. It's a very interesting mixture of like kid and not kid. Like it's so totally not a kid show. They get stabbed. Ogre, you seemingly gets burnt to death, and then not. But like, there's like, I was like, "Whoa, she's getting burnt to death right now." Yeah, I mean, Jim Henson, I think he's quoted as saying, like, it's okay, basically, to freak the kids out a little bit, you know, like rattle their cage a little, you know, like we don't have yeah. to do, it doesn't have to all be Muppets. And, but I think it, it did get kind of lost in that the audience was like, what are we supposed to do with this? And Jim Henson was just threw his hands up and he's just like, I, I liked it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I thought it was really cool. <laughs> but also, apparently, and I don't know if this is like totally true, but I think David Bowie, saw the dark crystal and was just like whatever this guy wants to do next i need to be a part of it <laughs> you know and then they made labyrinth and labyrinth is really amazing too very amazing i've seen that a bunch of times that's why i was shocked that i hadn't seen it because it was just like willow just like labyrinth and i was like man i love all of these movies how, how come i've never seen the dark crystal dude the ginormous beetle soldier things Whew, yeah. scary <laughs> i know <laughs> a little click clack like beetle yeah. oh, man it was nuts well anyway what have you been up to this week tell me what you've been reading yeah, I finished Station Eleven by Emily St. John Mandel. And that was a really cool book. I think I'm going to do a review for it here on the podcast, but it's like a post-apocalyptic. It was written in 2014, and it's about a pandemic. And so it got super popular over the last couple of years, obviously. And they made it into a show on HBO. I still haven't watched the show. Like this pandemic comes in, kills like 99% of the population in like a matter of like days. Like, it's like really, really bad. And it's cool. It's like this non-linear... You know, it jumps back and forth to like post-pandemic and pre-pandemic. You're kind of following like this core set of characters. I bet you when the pandemic hit, she was like, I nailed that. Well, that's the thing is like, I mean, she did. But also, I mean, like the pandemic that we had, as bad as it was, and it was very bad, it's not 99% of the population. No. So it's like, I could definitely empathize with a lot of what was going on. And, you know, I could, I, I had some experience with some of like that, that initial fear. But in this book, that initial fear is backed up because yes, the world is actually ending. Right. I mean, 99% of people definitely qualifies. Right. And it was really cool like what she did she did this really cool thing where like you're seeing the perspective of people that are watching this start to happen and they're just like no this isn't i mean eventually the national guard is going to show up we're going to be fine and then they slowly start to realize we're not coming back from this Oof. and those chapters were really haunting to read it made me really appreciate just like how precious our society is and we kind of mm -hmm. take a lot of things for granted but she wrote it in this way where it's it's very bleak but it's not depressing art survives and relationships between people survive and those relationships and that art are really important it, it's just a fantastic book interesting i'd like to read yeah. that yeah i think you'd like it a lot i'm also reading a uh, clown in a cornfield very different book that's a horror book right yeah it's like a ya like slasher book okay kind of like scream but in like rural missouri 
Hmm. Yeah, it's by an author named Adam Cesare, and it's awesome. Like it was a little, it was a little slow at first, and not boring really. But you know, like a hundred pages. Uh, if anybody wants to read it, just know like it's like a hundred pages of uh, you know, you watch a horror movie, and it's like there's like that kind of initial like ah. And then there's like a good 45 minutes where they, they are all happy and they've got a yeah. dog and like they got to build all the good stuff. Right. So the bad stuff matters or the bad stuff is bad. Yeah. It's not actually slow. He's just building everything up. And now I'm in the part where everything's just total chaos. And it's just really, really well put together book for like YA horror. It's like a, it's pretty, pretty graphic, but it's good. Yeah, I think I'll finish it. Have you been scared at any point where you're like, eh, I wish I wasn't reading this book alone in the basement? Because I know you live, you're a basement dweller. Uh, no, and not, not necessarily scared, but there is like that kind of, you know, when you're the third person watching like a horror movie or reading a horror book and you're like, get out of there. Why are you still there? Like, <laughs> And I'm also reading another series. I just started the first book, but we'll talk about that when I'm done with it. Okay. I'm excited <laughs> to hear. I'm excited to hear. You mysterious man. Have you read anything this week? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to tell you because I'm in, I'm a little embarrassed. Chad, we're family. You can tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you know who Tom DeLonge is? <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good right. Blink, I listen bro. to a lot of Blink-182. Yeah, me too. I love Blink-182. <laughs> yeah, a really good Blink-182. Anyway, he wrote a book <laughs> on aliens and it's called uh, Secret Machines, book one chasing shadows so one of these maybe maybe a few weeks from now i might be reading book two who knows it was just so good bad i had to keep going it was like watching just like a a car accident you know and live action you're just like oh i'm riveted i remember like i haven't listened to joe rogan in like a long time but like i I do remember there were i did i listened to the episode that he was on yeah he had him on and and he hasn't had him on since no no (laughs) because there was like there was just it was such a weird conversation because he'd ask him like well, what about this? And Tom DeLong would be like, oh yeah, I know everything about that. Yeah. And then and then Joe would be like, all right, well, what about it? And Tom's just like, well, I can't say anything. Yeah, no, I can't, yeah, I can't say anything. That's, yeah, that's right. And he's like, well, a lot of it's in my book. You got to read the book, you know, which kind of right. got, got me, which is probably yeah. why I read the book. He just, I just was like, maybe I'll get the answers here, you know, because I love the alien question. It intrigues me a lot. Yeah, And if course. I like look under that rock, I always discover that it's just like a vortex that just like sucks me in. I hit the event horizon so, so quick. And then I'm like, gone. And then I crush an entire book in a day and a half from Tom DeLong. <laughs> I mean, I feel like with a lot of alien stuff, like nonfiction type alien, like documentaries or books or whatever, it's like, it's kind of like searching for Sasquatch. It's just like, we think we got him this time. And it's like, obviously yeah. you don't because it would be like this global, like All ridiculous the news. news. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, I guess you can read into the minutiae of like how they would try to find them, which is mm-hmm. like kind of interesting. But yeah, I, I can. It's just so many like black holes into nothing, right? Yeah, no, yeah. nothing is. And like you know, especially written from a not super solid source, <laughs> right. such as this book was. But I mean, it did. It was really interesting because there was like a section of it that was back in time with like during the Holocaust and this kid like kind of stumbles into like a real high tech technology site where they're like working on spaceships and stuff (laughs) yeah yeah and uh it's it's you know i wouldn't necessarily call it believable but very interesting if you were suspend your belief just a little bit oh it's so juicy have you made any other johnson to fantasy universe this week (laughs) i started a new game on skyrim because i guess nice i don't know why (laughs) how do you do how do you have that much time on your hands i don't that's the thing yeah um 
I don't know. I like I have it on my Switch, right? So you know, nothing beats playing Skyrim on the bus. Oh, that's true. It's, it's pretty cool. And I mean, it's just it's like a cozy thing. It's like what it's like it's like listening to a Harry Potter audiobook. You know what I mean? It's oh, just dude! Like, if I were to hear the intro music, I would be playing that game. Right. And there is something cool about Skyrim where it's like I know the setting so well, but still, I always kind of find like different stuff in there and. I have like a different kind of journey and like my build is always like a little different, but like I'm usually a sneaky archer, just like, yeah. else, like... <laughs> just gonna say, <laughs> but you always turn into a sneak dude. Cause everything else is so hard at the beginning of the game. Right. You'll go in there. You're like, I'm going to be a magic guy. And you're like magicking so hard and trying to mage just won't level up. Then you have like this super, super terrible little bow and you can't get past this one little cave section. You go in there and you just start like sniping from the shadows. Right, and then once they give you like the three times damage for being, yeah. it's it's over. Like you like, but yeah, it's been pretty fun. I mean, I'm I mean honestly, like I'm just kind of like replaying stuff and with games and and stuff like that. Like I'm just waiting for Elden Ring to come out. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I don't want to invest really. I mean, I stopped playing The Witcher. I just like didn't care anymore. And like, oh. but that game's amazing. Have you ever finished it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, then that's fine. You can finish on your but, second like, playthrough. I just want to play Skyrim and Hollow Knight and just you know past the time until Elden Ring comes out. Do you have a fictional fun fact for me today, Chad? I do have a fictional fun fact for you today. Take you back in the annals of time on this book fact. Let's hear it. In the late Middle Ages, books were so valuable that libraries would chain them to the bookcases. And this was practiced up until about the 1700s. Wow. Yeah. Wait, how like did they chain like the the spine like did they have to like yeah. attach like an iron ring to the spine yeah or i think something? it was like, like a like a vice grip that they drill through or something so something geez. so you couldn't remove it without actually breaking the the books and i mean it makes you know? sense that they were so valuable like i mean i guess like the printing press hadn't been invented by then right mm-hmm. yeah i mean can you imagine that's gotta be right right yeah when was the printing press made that must have been like <laughs> please look that up so we don't look like idiots <laughs> When was the printing Our press? book podcast doesn't know when the printing press yeah, right? was made. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, boy. Um, well, got some bad news for you. Ah, uh, <laughs> German goldsmith Johannes Gutenberg, yep. which I did know it was him, yeah. is credited with inventing the printing press around 1436. 15, yeah, geez, okay. So 15th Oof, century. Damn. Yeah. Well, wow. Can't it's know crazy everything. That they did that up until that must have been uh, still a high piece of technology for them right. to have up yeah. until... Uh, like the 1700s because if you had to write a book even if you had you know if one of those printing presses was like they had two per country or something books would still be extremely valuable i wonder how somebody would feel if you know even if they walked into like my room you know from from like the 1600s 17 like they'd <laughs> they'd be like they'd where did you get all this away. stuff yeah like i've read some historical fictions where it's like if somebody has three books they're very wealthy yeah, that's a you know that kind of ties back to what I was talking about with Station Eleven. It's just like you know, just like totally taking for granted how many centuries this would have just been such a ridiculous thing to have, and now it's like you know, they're just my books. Yeah, dude, thank God for old Gutenberg. Right, and you know, just all of these materials through all these different industries, paper mm-hmm. industry. There's probably an ink industry. There's a whole book industry, and I think that's gonna wrap it up for us today, folks. What do you think, Chad? I uh, I think this is a good time to wrap it up. Yeah, totally. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to us on our Monday Morning Minute. We hope we spruced up your commute a little bit. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day and, of course, a great rest of your week. I'm going to go watch some Dark Crystal show right now. We have some Patreons as well that we need to acknowledge. 
I'd like to give a big thank you to Lexi Davis, Brian Simentel, and Stephen Crawford. Thank you so, so much. And if you'd like to support us on Patreon, the link to our Patreon is in the description on this episode, as is the link to our Discord. And the Discord has been a blast. Definitely get in there, join the conversation. I'm sad whenever a few hours go by that I can't hop in there because it's just a hoot. I have so much fun. Those people are the best. Go Penguins. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have an awesome one. Bye, everybody.